We've got a trainee vicar in the house. It's good. Uh, and I'm so glad that she is here. And I know that you guys will do everything you can to encourage her and love her. Uh, and I know she's going to learn uh, so much from all of you. Uh, I'm really excited that she is here now in that particular capacity. And just to emphasize what Sam and Ruth were saying earlier, um, I'm really excited that groups are kicking off uh, for this term. And, uh, and do go and check them out. You know, if, you're, if you would just love to find out more information about any of the things that are going on in the life of the church, just jot your name down. We will get in touch with you this week. We'd love to tell you uh, more about what's happening. And most of the groups kind of kick off uh, this week. Wonderful. Hey, why don't you open your Bibles to Ezekiel. Um, hey, you know it's the autumn, don't you, when you're, the place in your Bible is kept by a Lemsip packet. Um, <laughs> hey, we're in Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to get there uh, in, uh, in a minute. Um, but, you know, I am, I'm really excited by these uh, last week and this week and the week after because we are looking at our vision. Uh, it is September, and September, uh, regardless of whether you are at school or not, is kind of like a new year. It always will be, (laughs) and it is a wonderful time for us uh, to kind of reassess where we are at and what it is that God has called us to do and the vision that he has given us. And uh, and here at SPS, uh, God has given us an amazing vision, uh, and it's a vision that I know many of you will know. It is the vision to see disciples made, to see communities transformed, and to see churches planted. You know, that is our vision. Uh, And not only is that our vision, but that is what we are seeing happen. And, and I think for me, that's the thing that I find most exciting about being a part of this family, is that that is what we see happening around us. You know, this church has an incredible history of God moving in and through it. And I feel like it's such a privilege to be a part of that story with all of you. Uh, last week, we talked about a whole load of different stories about how God uh, is seeing uh, that vision happen. And one of the things that I love is that we get to tell stories here in this place, stories of hope, stories of God impacting us, uh, the people around us, and our communities. And uh, a psalm that I kind of happened upon this week as I was just reading the Bible on my own, uh, Psalm 107, it, it starts like this. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. You know, I love the fact that we get to tell stories. You know, each of us has a story. And one of the things over the past uh, 12 months that I've loved uh, most here uh, is the times that we've had SPS stories, haven't we? Uh, And different people have come and shared something of what God has been doing in their lives, something of their story. You know, one of the stories that kind of sticks in my mind from way back, I think it was the beginning of the year or maybe even the very end of last year, was when Chris uh, came here uh, and shared uh, that celebration for him was kind of the antidote to cynicism yeah, and the way that God had been working in his life and in his heart uh, and that at the times when he felt cynical about things, actually worship and celebration were able to release him. You know, the one amazing story, testimony about the way that God was working in his lives. You know, and each one of us have a story to tell, a story of hope, a story about how God has been working in our lives. Uh, And the thing that I love is that we get to come together to tell these stories of how God is at work in our lives. God is joining us 
together. And I think what God wants to say to some of us tonight is simply this. Simply that you are not on your own. You are not on your own. You know, we get to come here and worship. What an amazing time of worship. Thank you so much, Hannah and Nick. That was brilliant. It's, it's, I love the fact that this, it's so diverse here in this church. As Sam said, we've had, we had three services throughout the day. Uh, this morning at 9.30, we started off being led in worship from the organ. Uh, and then at 11 o'clock, we got led in worship by an electric guitar with about 20 foot pedals and a dancing crocodile. Would you believe it? Uh, and then tonight, just an amazing time as we went all acoustic on the piano. You know, but what an amazing thing just to be in God's presence together. And I love the fact that it's so diverse here. Uh, but actually God calls us together to be one big family here in his presence here in East London. You are not on your own. Uh, and last week as well, just to recap, we began to talk about the fact that actually all of our stories... All of our combined stories are actually caught up in God's great story. Uh, the great story that begins with God and creation uh, and then moves all the way through to recreation in Jesus Christ. That we get to spend eternity with him. And then we spend a bit of time looking at the Old Testament didn't we, last week, for those that were here. Because it's so important that we locate our stories and we locate the stories that we look at in Scripture within history, within the grand narrative of God, this great story. Uh, and we started to look at this passage in Ezekiel, this incredible vision that God's prophet uh, was given. Uh, and, and actually the Old Testament, the, the narrative of the Old Testament is an incredible narrative that is really all about the faithfulness of God. Uh, from creation and when things went wrong, God was drawing his people along, drawing them back to himself. Ups and downs, ups and downs. But these were God's people, people that he gave his promises to, people that he was faithful to. And he drew them all the way through to this time when Jesus arrives, kind of the hinge, the great hinge of history. And then Jesus uh, kind of takes this vision that the people of God in the Old Testament have, and this vision goes viral, and suddenly it's available to every single one of us. The good news is out there, the promise of God for every single one of us. But when Ezekiel comes on the scene, it's a fairly dark time for the people of God. And last week we were reminded about how Israel had been completely smashed and God's people were off in exile. It was a dark, dark time. But into the darkness, God sends his prophet Ezekiel. You know, isn't it amazing that God still speaks in the darkness? And we read this incredible vision that God gave to Ezekiel. I'm going to read it again now. We're just going to go from verse 1 to 10, Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read it out. It's going to pop on the screen as well, I think. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them. 
And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says to you, these bones. I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Hey, why don't you pray with me again as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you are a God who speaks. And Jesus, we invite you to speak to us now. Your words of life as we sit here together in your presence. Speak, Lord. We are listening. Amen. Amen. Hey, what an incredible vision. What an amazing vision that God gives his prophet Ezekiel. Uh, and just to the final recap from last week, we, we got to the point at the beginning of this vision where, where it kind of all begins, doesn't it? Where God asks Ezekiel a question. And then he offers him an invitation. He says to Ezekiel, this is verse 3 and verse 4, he says says to Ezekiel, look around. He says, will these bones live? Will these bones live? You know, and I think what God is saying to Ezekiel is raise your faith. Look around, raise your faith. You know, God says to us today, raise your faith, look around. Will these bones live? Will these bones live? When we think about ourselves here, when we think about the bones of our families, of our neighborhoods, of our workplaces, look around, says God. Will these bones live? And then he gives Ezekiel an invitation. And he says, speak life to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. And Ezekiel does. And as Ezekiel speaks, he begins to hear a noise. Like a rattling noise. You know, I want you to just imagine what an incredible vision this is. Imagine there's this valley of bones ahead of you. uh, And Ezekiel speaks life. 
And suddenly these bones begin to shake and there's a rattling that's going throughout the whole valley. You know what incredible picture this is that God is conjuring up before Ezekiel. There's this rattling noise. Then all of a sudden the bones come together. Bone to bone, they come together. They come together. This was the sound of hope. This was transformation happening. The coming together of all that was dry and separate. The sound of hope is the sound of coming together. You know, God wants to say to you tonight, you are not on your own. The invitation is to come together and join in the sound of hope. And there's some key things that we need to understand about the sound of hope. And the first thing is this, the sound of hope is on loudspeaker. This is not kind of a headphones thing and you know, we, we, are, we are a headphones people, aren't we? We are a headphones society. You know, how often do we just wander through our lives with our headphones in? You know, it's the most remarkable thing, isn't it? When you sit on the tube and there's like 20, 30 people all sat there together, occupying the same space together, yet everyone is plugged in to a different sound. You know, we're kind of together, but we're not. We're disconnected from one another. You know, but the sound of hope the vision that God is giving us is something that is on loud speaker. The sound of hope is a shared sound. You know, what God is inviting us into is not something that we do on our own. I saw a, uh, a little pamphlet uh, about, uh, about prayer, about Anglican prayer, which was very interesting, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and there was something in this pamphlet once that struck me, uh, and I jotted it down, and, uh, and, and it says this, it says this, it says, for Anglicans, and I think this, you know, this is for, for Christians in general, I think, but this is a book on Anglican prayer. It says, for Anglicans, uh, communal prayer always comes before and shapes personal prayer. Now, while we maintain the importance of personal prayer, we hold to a continuing concern that prayer not become individualistic or privatistic. I want to throw this out there. I don't think that it is possible, that it is really possible to follow Jesus on your own. I don't, I don't think it's really possible to follow Christ apart from the church, apart from, from the body of Christ. The church is Christ's body. That's what scripture tells us. That is what we're called into. And as we choose to follow Jesus, we choose to join in, to come together with his body. You know, it makes me so sad when I meet uh, Christians, uh, often for some very good reasons, who say to me, oh, I, just don't, I just don't like the church. You know, I, I love Jesus, but I, I don't like the church. I'm not interested in church. You know, it makes me so sad. 
that they have fallen out of love with Christ's body. That sense of coming together that Jesus invites us into. Now, imagine if you spoke to, to my wife, Charlotte. Uh, she, she, she's, she's not here tonight. She's at home looking after our little girl. Imagine if you spoke to Charlotte, my wife, just after we've been married. And, uh, and you say, hey, how's it going, Charlotte? And uh, she says, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. You know, me and Phil, we're, you know, Phil's okay. You know, he's all right. You know, I like, I love, I love him. He's all right. And then you're like, oh, okay. And she's like, but, but we, we don't actually see each other, though. You know, we're not, you know, we don't, we don't actually spend any time together. Yeah, I mean, we chat on the phone. We chat on the phone. You know, we talk sometimes. You know, but we don't, we don't actually, we don't, we don't spend time together. And to be honest, I don't really like his body. You know, it's, it's, this, is, this is an analogy, okay? And, uh, you know, but imagine if she said that. You know, you would think, that is crazy. You know, what kind of relationship could we have? If we didn't want to spend time together, be in one another's presence, to love one another together. You know, the hope that Jesus has called us to is a together thing. You know, there is no place for private Christianity. Personal, absolutely, yes. But it's not a private thing. You know, we must never make this just about me and my personal Jesus. This is always something that we're called to do together. The sound of hope is played on a loud speaker. It just doesn't work if you keep it to yourself. Uh, and it's really important that we understand why. And in order to do that, just like last week, we, we need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to the start of the story uh, because when we do that we see that God never conceived of men and women as isolated individuals you know we, we, we read that that male and female he created them and, and the right from the start the design was togetherness a family a community together commissioned to care for creation as a team you know, that was God's design. And at the end of the creation account in, in Genesis, we read this, this amazing picture of togetherness, of, of oneness, of absolute unity. Uh, we read at the end of Genesis 2 that they were naked and felt no shame. You know, vulnerability. Nothing hidden. You know, literally nothing hidden, nothing to separate, nothing to divide. They were one together. Total independence, total interdependence and love. You know, but of course there's something deeply, deeply tragic about this story, isn't there? Because uh, in Genesis chapter 3, only chapter 3, we only get three chapters in, and it all goes wrong. We go wrong. Men and women, humanity, rather than looking at the glory of God, their focus gets caught on something else. We begin to look at ourselves. We begin to think, yeah, I am what is central to this story. Selfishness, sin comes into the world. And with it, separation, division, 
from one another, from God, from creation itself. Everything changed. You know, and, and suddenly, rather than being defined by love and defined by togetherness, uh, we suddenly find ourselves defined by our separation, by our difference, by our distinction. Our identity becomes rooted in our individuality. You know, rather than being one in the world, we become a world of ones. And of course, today, thousands and thousands of years of, of human achievement later, you know, we find ourselves in exactly the same place. Nothing has changed. We are adrift in an increasingly individualistic culture, concerned about my rights, my justice, my time to shine. Uh, and of course, as individualism gives birth to materialism, and, uh, and then coupled with kind of the elevation of ourselves, uh, we just become consumed by the question of what can I possess? This is the affliction of our world. This is the consequence of sin and of selfishness. You know, famously, uh, the poet John Donne uh, once said, no man is an island. Well, I don't know if you remember uh, the film about a boy. You know, it's got to be in that kind of, you know, category of classics now, hasn't it? It is a, it is a classic about a boy. And at the beginning of this film, there's this incredible uh, monologue uh, that Hugh Grant, his kind of playboy character, uh, spews out incredibly at the beginning of the film. And he, and he, and he answers uh, John Donne. Uh, and, uh, uh, and he says, well, in my opinion, all men are islands. And what's more, now is the time to be one. This, he says, is an island age. You know, we've become conditioned to be self-centered individuals. This is an island age. And it breaks God's heart. Because God didn't just design us to be in communion together because he thought it was a good idea. God designed us like that because that's what he is like. You know, God chose to make us in his image. In his likeness, we were created. And who is he? Who is this God? Well, he is love. You know, that's what scripture tells us. Not that, not that God loves, but that God is love. You know, his very being is love. Our, our one God who exists as Father, Son, and Spirit. You know, God's nature, the very stuff of God is is a relationship, is togetherness, is, is, is diversity in complete and utter unity. 
You know, and of course, this is the great mystery of the Trinity. This is our God who is in and of himself, togetherness. Who is love. And he made us to be like him. So you see, when we live divided, we destroy the image of God in the world. And that's why this stuff, being here, is so important. It's why Jesus came. It's why he's called the Prince of Peace, the great reconciler. It's why Jesus' great prayer that we read in the Gospel of John when he was here on the earth was, was Father, I pray that, that they might be one, like we are one, that the world might know love. It's why Jesus came and lived and died and was raised to life in order to deal with our sin, with our selfishness, it's why he promised to send the Holy Spirit to us so that we might be empowered to live in a different way. It's why the church was born. This intimate, sharing community where we can come together. Where once again the image of God can be displayed in the world. You see, the sound of hope is Jesus. And our job is just to echo. And it's not something we can do on our own. You know, what an amazing vision that Ezekiel was given. He raised his faith. He spoke life and he heard a sound. He heard the sound of coming together bone to bone. Hey, why don't you just turn to your neighbor and why don't you just give him one of these, give him a little fist bump and say, hey, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. We're here together. Yeah? Because that's what we get to do. Because you know, you know, the last thing, the last thing I want to say tonight, you know, the sound, the sound of hope, the vision that God has given us is, is something that is loud. It's, it's something that is an echo of God himself. And you know, the sound of hope is an army. The coming together of an army. You know, and I believe that God is saying to each one of us, are you in? Are you in? You know, Mother Teresa uh, once said, the greatest problem in this world uh, is not starvation, it's loneliness. And, uh, and you all know the Big Issue uh, magazine that supports homelessness here. And uh, one article that I saw in the, in the Big Issue magazine, it says this, it says, people's image of loneliness in London uh, is of a frail old lady stuck on the 24th floor of an estate in Tower Hamlets. But the reality and be a fashionably dressed young guy trying desperately to make conversation with the girl standing next to him in the bar. Being surrounded by so many people only compounds the feeling of isolation 
You know, God is saying to you tonight, you are not on your own. And, and let me just clarify, God is not inviting you to become just another face in the crowd. God's invitation to each one of us is to join an army, to come together with an army, a people with a purpose, a people with a vision. Come and join God's army. Raise your faith, speak life, and come together. You know, I think we uh, are living in remarkable times. This is a remarkable time for God's church. You know, don't let anybody tell you that the church is in decline, that the church is on its way out. Yeah, you know, sure, there's stuff that we're still trying to work out, you know, and we do it all in the public domain. But hey, you know, this is an amazing time for God's church. You know, I think the, the Holy Spirit is doing an incredible work of unity and of coming together in God's church. And I think we see it all over. Yeah, I had the great privilege uh, before I got ordained and before I, before I, I became a vicar to, to work for Alpha, to work for the organization that is Alpha. Uh, and it was a great privilege because I got to work with with the church all over the world. I, I got to work with the Anglican church. I got to work with the Baptists. I got to work with the, the Pentecostals, with the Catholics, with the Orthodox church. You know, the, the church which so often we can think is fragmented and separated. You know, I think there's an amazing coming together of people that are gathering around the things that they agree on, the things of Jesus, and not allowing the things that they might disagree on to separate them. You know, I think there's an amazing work of the Spirit that is going on in our generation. And we have an invitation to come and be a part of that. You know, one of the things that I love that we have seen more and more recently is just how much, you know, our, our Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, is hanging out with the Pope. You know, what an amazing thing that that is. And let's not be fooled, that is not something that just happens. That is not something that we have already uh, seen over and over and over. But that is a work of God in our time. That is the coming together of God's church. You know, and we have an amazing opportunity as his people here to join in with that. You know, it's one of the things Sam was talking earlier about how the fact that we're running Alpha with other churches here. I love that. I love the fact that we don't just have to do this stuff on our own as a church, but that we can say to other churches in East London, you know, even churches that aren't in the Church of England, you know, we can partner with them. It's amazing. I love that. We get to come together. And it's been such a privilege to be able to baptize people that have come through Alpha as we have done it with other churches. You know, what an amazing thing that we get to join in with. You know, God has given us a vision here in St. Paul's Shadwell to make disciples, to transform communities, to plant churches. That is what we have been seeing. And I know that it is what we will go on seeing. God has done much here. And I believe that there is much to come. And God is inviting us to join in with what he is doing, to be a part of his team, his army, to come together, bone to bone, to stand with one another and be counted. Are you in?